Coming up in this episode of Abundantly Charged, the power of and, and a conversation with Catherine Money. Don't go away. Welcome to the premiere season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. In this season, we'll mix interviews and great conversations with in-depth thinking around key social and emotional skills we need as educators to keep us fully prepared to successfully navigate the demands of teaching and leading in the 21st century classrooms. The demands of the educational system have never been stronger. While we all know we need transformative change to revolutionize this troubled system, ensuring our own high-powered social and emotional skills will help each of us navigate these changes while developing these critical skills in our students, too. Join us as we explore how we remain abundantly charged. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis. And together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this episode of our podcast, Diving Into Being Abundantly Charged. In this episode, Jill and I are so pleased to welcome Kathy Money to our show. She's a sitting superintendent in a Midwestern school district. Welcome, Kathy. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Really, really excited that you are here so that we can talk about uh, some of the issues, especially around self-advocacy and you know, finding balance from uh, an educational leader's perspective. As you know, this podcast is focused on talking about how we as educators need strong social and emotional skills and the ability to recharge them. This has always been important, but this year it seems to be even more necessary to be able to navigate what often seems like a minefield in public education. Between the pandemic, the number of people leaving the profession, the illnesses on a daily basis that require so many non-existent staff to fill in, and the huge attacks socially and now even legislatively on teachers and leaders I can't remember a tougher time to teach our children. What's it like being a leader of a school district in the midst of all of that, Kathy Money? Well, it's it's interesting to say the least. And I I came into my superintendency in 2019, so just in the onset of the pandemic. So the majority of my leadership within this district has been in the midst of a global pandemic. So um, interesting to say the least. (laughs) So Kathy, then tell us a little bit about like a couple or just some of the big types of things that you've had to work through just to kind of, you know, put that out there and relay it. And that way we have that context for a later time frame too. So I think it's navigating um, what does it mean to educate children in, especially in a rural area where um, there's some some inequities when it comes to access to internet capabilities, to devices, all of that. Um, so educating them and then 
within the context of what their parents believe and don't believe in regards to what's going on with the pandemic. So just those political issues coming to light, how that plays a part in making decisions, having to support students that are trying to figure out what does it mean to learn in person versus virtually, a little bit of both from day to day, along with adults that are navigating educating in a very different way, at the same time trying to figure out what this pandemic means for them personally and how they support themselves and their families as they're they're going through all of this. So just in thinking about as parents, you know, if we have student children of our own and educating not only the students that we're responsible for, but ensuring that we're supporting our own children as they're attempting to be educated on a virtual platform and just, just lots and lots of pieces. Well, I was just thinking, uh, as you spoke about that, educating your students has always been something at the forefront and equity as well as political issues. Those things you've always had to navigate, but I feel like it's been up just tremendously and it has really charged the educational climate as well as just the emotional charges, the physical charges of all of those different things have really hit this, this almost explosive aspect of how do we educate students? How do we advocate? How do we balance all of those different things? And I think it's not only the focus is now about children, which it's always been about children, but really that focus about educating the whole community in a very different manner. Absolutely. And in Michigan, we're, as you may know, we're local control districts. So really looking at what's happening federally, how does that impact us at the state level? How does that impact us at the county level? And then moving into the district level and trying to navigate through those pieces of how does this make sense for our district within our context, our community, that is, again, allowing for the best space for students to be able to be supported, to continue to move forward educationally, socially, emotionally, all of those pieces. So at times wishing that somebody would just tell us what to do, but (laughs) at the exact same time thinking, don't tell us what to do, that you don't know our district. So that um, that kind of uh, yin and yang of it, I think. And, you know, as we move from, you know, there's a lot of conversation now, of course, as we're recording this episode about, Move, you know, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic, we're kind of moving like it's an endemic, whatever, whatever that means. I think it means that it's never going to go away is what I really, I really think this is what that means. And so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the complex issues that, that everyone deals with on a daily basis is just unbelievable, which is one of the reasons why, I mean, not the only reason, but it's certainly one of the reasons why, you know, we are doing this show and and talking about um, some of those skills that people need to be able to navigate and to be able to think about how to survive, you know, as an individual in all of this, this constant sea of change. We've been talking about, um, 
self-awareness. We've been talking about self-management. And in our last two episodes, we talked a lot about uh, this whole idea of self-advocacy and, and balance. So I, we're going to focus our attention today on those two issues and kind of get a district leader perspective about what those mean, how important they are, and what impact they have on uh, the work that a leader does, but also the work, you know, it, for a district as a whole. So, you know, Kathy, from your lens as a superintendent, why would adult self-advocacy and adult balance be two issues that you would think are important? Oh, that's, that's, that's a huge question. Um, so when I think about self-advocacy, I really go back to that sense of self-awareness, because I think more than anything, um, the pandemic has kind of spotlighted our ability or lack of ability to be aware of what's going on with ourselves. So it's really difficult to be able to advocate for ourselves if we aren't first aware of what it is that we're feeling and what we need. Mm -hmm. So really that ability to, to know and to name that so that it's about me as an individual and what is my self, who am I within this community and how does my ability to advocate, be aware, then play into others. And because we're, we're in constant connection with one another, with other adults, with other kids. And so as we speak specifically about the adults, if we're not in a healthy space ourselves, then that tends to um, collide with others that maybe aren't in that healthy space. And then it turns into something that isn't truly about oneself, but pushes us into something that um, it's easier to name. I think it's really difficult for people to name stuff within them. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, it's easier to kind of blame and name if it's outside of us versus what we need as individuals. So I think really pressing the adults to be able to do that so that it isn't this blame and thinking that somebody's able to fix them or their circumstances, but instead, here's what I need, here's what I know about me, um, and being able to, to be able to truly advocate for yourself. So I think that's a significant piece because I think it just is the overall health and wellness of the organization. I think the other piece with balance, um, I loved what you guys said around um, in your last podcast, just really around that determining for yourselves what that means, you know, because I think we all strive for this, this balance, but really what is it and what is it that um, what we're attempting to do and who we are. So if I'm I appear to be consumed by this more work rather than personal. It's really, and oh, it's a good balance for me personally because that's who I am. That's how I'm driven. So I think that as the individuals within our organization, the adults are able to first be aware of what it is that they need, advocate for that, and then determine what it is that they need for balance so that they can remain to be fully charged to be able to support students. That was a lot. But, you know, that is a lot. And you, that seems to be, you know, when you, when you go out there and you, you scan social media, you know, and you, you know, I look at, 
you know, you look at some things and, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a big poster, but I'm a, I'm a big reader <laughs> in all of that. And you see so many interesting, interesting things out there. You know, I, I've, I've seen people blame superintendents and administrators as if they were the cause of the pandemic, as if they went and got it off the shelf somewhere and put it out there, you know, just to make things difficult. Um, but I, I think a, a, adults, maybe especially educators, are really, really, they find it really difficult to talk about themselves and what they need, you know, to self-advocate and to to identify what levels of support that they need in order to, in a healthy way, handle all that's coming at them. Um, why do you think that is? I think because it's, I mean, looking in the mirror and really determining what it is about me and what I need to maybe do more of, do less of, um, to stop doing, to start doing, um, that's hard work. If I can, as an educator, look outward and say it's really about the kids, it's about administrators, it's about, you know, anything but me, it's just easier. <laughs> it just, I mean, because doing the work ourselves um, it's always more difficult and it's always, um, I don't think it's fair and it should, should say it that way that we think that we're not going to, as human beings have to constantly do that work. And then when we're, I think the pandemic has just really exacerbated what that means for individuals and what we really can handle and how resilient we really are as individuals. So I think it's just easier. I guess it's the the simplest answer. It's easier to look out rather than to look in. Well, I was thinking, Kathy, as you were speaking there, just through all of those different pieces, when you were talking about self-awareness and being aware and that ability, ability to recognize who I am and the ability to advocate. It's really about empowering yourself. Mm -hmm. It's about the empowerment that occurs when you can recognize those different things and then put them into action. And when you talked about that health and wellness, I think that health and wellness is really important as we have seen over and over. How do we take care of ourselves? But it's not just the band-aid of go take a bath or, mm -hmm. you know, go do that. It's really about understanding what it is, who I am, and what does that mean? And what can I do to make sure that I remain healthy? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When you think of self-advocacy for teachers and leaders, what would you like, what would you like educators to think about that concept? Self-advocacy. What, you know, what, what would you like to see it play out like in a healthy way in districts across the country? So I'm trying to picture those within our district or maybe people I've worked with previously that are strong in that area and trying to think about, so how do we, how do we really paint the picture of what that looks like? Mm -hmm. And it's really that ability to, to name, to, to not shy away from conversations that might be tough to really be comfortable in our own self and really being able to have um, conversations that and understanding that um, having conflict is healthy and being able to, because oftentimes we think if I 
if I advocate for myself, then um, we don't paint this picture of it being a really great asset or attribute. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody is is self-advocating, I picture somebody who's who's strong and kind of understanding who they are in this world, in this organization and how they fit and being able to name what they are feeling, what they need and, and others being able to accept that. So it's that whether you're giving it or you're receiving it, understanding that that is an amazing attribute and it's not something to look down upon because somebody is um, cause I, I almost imagine people thinking if you're, if you're really strong at self advocacy, then you're being assertive, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm naming what I need, mm-hmm. naming what I, all of that, then I've spun it into this negativeness of mm-hmm. being assertive. And for some reason we see that as a bad thing. So mm-hmm. I would, I would want all of the adults within the organization to be able to, to have conversations that right now we deem as uncomfortable and let them be uncomfortable and be okay with that. Absolutely. And why is it that, that, you know, simply having a conversation with somebody, whether it's a colleague or a supervisor or a boss about what you need at any given moment to be successful. (laughs) I don't know why we think of that as negative or adversarial. It's just, it is very interesting um, what you see out there, Jill. <laughs> so, you know, there's a couple things that I was thinking about too, there is that it's bringing the head and the heart together. It's knowing what you need within that heart realm, but then it's also pulling that all of that executive function in there together to share that information of what you need. And then I also think that we have been taught over the years that we are a service industry. We are an industry that gives, that that should give. Um, that's been something that has been developed as a culture from years and years and years ago. And so I'm thinking that it, if we start to be that self-advocate for ourselves, especially in the educational field, it's almost that we are being selfish. And mm-hmm. people come in and think, well, if you don't do that, then that's not what a good teacher is. If you don't do that, that's not what a good leader does. When that is absolutely the opposite. When you set your boundaries, you create the balance, you create that aspect of knowing what it is that you need and how you need the information so that you can be successful. And how do we find that balance without jeopardizing kids? Right. So how do we and that's what's interesting about our profession is that there is that like ensuring that we're taking care of ourselves, that our tanks are full, all of that, and really understanding that there are times that we may have to step away because us trying to figure ourselves out and find that balance and be aware of where we're at means I'm not in a space to be able to really be the best I can be for kids. Mm -hmm. And when kids only have one shot at third grade. How do we, how do we, and as a district leader, it's that, how do I support, how do I affirm what it is that's needed while at the same time, ensuring that this third grade or fifth grade or ninth grade is the best possible for this group of students. That's the tricky part 
of being an educator and not have it be that we feel that we're being selfish, that we're not. It's that there is that sense of, and this is just, just me and my, my beliefs speaking, I, I, there, I have to be strong enough in myself to be able to know that when I go, when I step in that building, there are certain times, like if I've got family dynamics, something going on, I've got to be able to, to shut that off for right now because my kids deserve a hundred percent of me. So how do I, I mean, I, I think it's such a, it's an art <laughs> being able to be resilient within the midst of every, cause we're humans, mm-hmm. but these younger, tiny humans haven't had the years of opportunity that we've had as adults to be able to figure some stuff out. So that's a, it's a tricky part of probably the trickiest part about being a leader and trying to navigate supporting all of these very individual adults and knowing that we still got to be our best. And what does that mean um, to say, I, I still support you. I hundred percent you know, understand so what does that mean for you to be able to, to do whatever within that to be the best for kids? I think it's and hard. Then, it's hard. And then to know that it's, that some of your decisions are not going to be the perfect decisions. And just, you know, every, every day, you're not necessarily going to make the perfect right decision that's going to meet everybody's needs. And so we also have to look at the growth mindset aspect and, and it's okay to fail, but what do we do with that failure and how do we learn from it? And how do we make better decisions from that? And being okay. And with everything going on that if there are individuals, if there are educators that are saying everything is really too tough right now, I need to step away for a minute. Let's be okay with that. Good for you for being self-aware to know that that's what you need. Because come showing right now, I am not my best self to be showing up every day for kids. I can't do it. So I and not make it out to be that something's wrong with the organization, something's wrong with anybody else. That person is self-aware enough and advocating for themselves that they need to step away for a minute. And that's 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 healthy. And as leaders, then we have to look at what are those thresholds for those individuals. And then how can we support them to get that threshold to be a little bit stronger and a little bit higher so that they can come and they can be their best selves for that particular day after day after day when they're working with their students. Absolutely. And everybody's threshold's different. (laughs) So back to that being very interesting as as a leader and trying to support our principals and supporting teachers and support staff and all of that and figuring out, I, I, I can't have this person. I don't want this person to break. So how do I support them um, so that they can be their best, best selves? You know, it's really interesting listening because, you know, we haven't, we haven't really spent a lot of time and energy in in public education as, as, as leaders in particular, really thinking about, social and emotional skills of adults, right? And then, you know, of course, then this pandemic started back in 2020, and we thought it would be a two or three month deal that we really need to think about, that we really need to think about the social and emotional skills of our adults. Uh, if First, if they're just going to be healthy and really good at what they do and and be happy at what they do, but also, of course, thinking about 
how we service our children and recognizing that these are also skills that our children are going to need in as children and in a, adult life right and how do we do that if we you know if we don't have those those skills ourselves so i think it's really important we were as we were thinking about this podcast of course Kathy you know um cuz we talk all the time that it was like you know is this is the is the is the tagline really like put on your own oxygen mask before you assist others but you know it's really important that you know if i'm if i'm struggling in, you know, in whatever, whether it's self-management, advocacy, balance, whatever, I'm going to have a really hard time not only teaching my kids because I'm not in the healthiest place, but also teaching them how to, how to be abundantly charged when I don't necessarily know how to do it myself. And we've mm-hmm. not, you know, this has always been a stigma of something that we shouldn't be talking about mm-hmm. with adults. And yet we should be talking about it, which Absolutely. is why we have this podcast. So one of our, um, we have a process for supporting our students um, that are struggling, you know, and often that ends up being in some challenging behaviors. And um, so they may be called, uh, this team may be called to allow for students to be able to take a retreat and just really find that space and be able to learn um, how to to manage those emotions in a healthier way. Mm -hmm. Um, One of our teachers, actually, um, we were presenting to the board and she said, I called for a retreat. I didn't, it, the students didn't need it. I needed it. You know, so when my principal, you know, came to the door, he said, you know, what's going on? And she said, no, 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 I, it's me. I need you to step in. I need it because there's nothing going on with them right now. It is completely about me. And I need some time to get my own self in a, in a good space. And I thought, how huge is that? And for her to be able to say, publicly at that board meeting, you know, and the principal said, you know, I wasn't going to mention that, but now that you did and, and what a, a level of empowerment for, for our teachers to be able to say, Oh, I, I can use that process too. When I really understand that it's, it's about me right now. And I need that to be able to step away. And can I go do some of those calming strategies that we're teaching students because I need that same, um, piece of support right now, same kind of support. So I think I thought that was huge. Well, and I think I mean, talk about the bravery and the courageousness that came from being able to voice that in a public forum. Mm-hmm. That this is what I needed, and this is what happened, and this was Absolutely. why and I did about it. that classroom experience. And those students really advocate for herself to be able to say, "I I need I need a break." Um, and, and so I think there's so many pieces that go into that, her courageousness to be able to self-advocate. I see the pandemic, uh, almost as like, well, obviously a disruptor, but it also, I see the pandemic as a major disruptive disruptor for change, Mm -hmm. uh, for change that is really going to affect us in beneficial ways. If we can take advantage of that and, it has actually changed us in a way that changed our thinking that we are very capable of very different things, which actually creates an excitement in me about what can education now look like? Mm -hmm. What can we do in a different way? That's really going to make life better for the entire system, for our kids, for our educators, for our parents and our communities. Agree. I absolutely agree. So, you know, I think one of the things that I think is really 
exciting about this particular podcast beyond just the fact that it gives it gives Jill and and Kathy and I an opportunity to be together and chat. Um, but beyond that, right? I hope that it's a catalyst for conversation. That when people listen, if they do listen, and I hope they do, that it spurs a conversation. Right, that I think is is really healthy and really important because what we talk about it doesn't necessarily isn't the finite set of answers, but we you know we throw some suggestions out there and hope that people will talk. If your teachers were listening to this podcast, Kathy, or any teacher in general, doesn't have to be yours, right, or a leader, what would you want them to take away from a podcast episode like this? Uh, I think exactly what you said, that it's it's about listening and then having the conversation. So it's with that, and I, as I um, was thinking while you were speaking there, it's that understanding that it's not an either or as educators. So we don't, it's not about me or the students, it's an and. And so really understanding the significance of the pieces that we're we're hoping and pressing for educators to support students with that we need um, need to show and support our adults with being open, vulnerable, courageous to be able to have conversations about their own social emotional needs. That's what my hope would be. And I think you hit the the nail on the head when you used the word and that we we so often silo everything in education, right? Absolutely everything, including whether something is good for administrators or teachers or students or families. And I think that word and such an easy, totally easy little three-letter word is so incredibly powerful and so so real, so very important to to the to the conversation. Thank you so much Kathy for joining us today. We uh, we look forward to hopefully uh, having you back and talking about some aspect of social and emotional skills in later episodes. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate your willingness to to allow for this type of conversation amongst educators. So thank you. Abundantly charged means not only having developed strong social and emotional skills, but also having the ability to recharge and continuously grow our abilities when the demands on our lives and on our profession as educators seems to drain them. In essence, we have to have the ability to remain abundantly charged. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 18th and running through March 22nd. We'll take a break and then return with Season 2 in mid-April. Abundantly Charged is a production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music, Something Different, was written and performed by Reveille and obtained through Soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? 
make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it could also be found on our website at abundantly-charged.captivate.fm slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. We would love to hear what you like. Until next time, remember, let's remain abundantly charged.